Good morning. Today is Monday, March 22nd, 2021. This Shabbos is the golden moment for egg matzah. Not since 2008, 13 years, have we had such a moment due to the fact that this year, for the first time in 13 years, Shabbos is on Arab Pesach, the eve of Pesach. Many of us will use egg matzah for making hamotzi this Friday night and this Shabbos morning before 10.26 a.m. There are other ways to arrange things this Shabbos, but this is what I plan to do and I suggest for you. And the full details are in emails that I've sent and in a class that we had about a week ago on preparing for Pesach this year. I will confess to you that I don't think I have eaten any egg matzah since 2008. It's just not a product that I have much use for. But the issue revolves around the fact, as I mentioned, that egg matzah is not okay to eat on Pesach, but it's also not quite like regular chametz. And as I mentioned before, egg matzah is actually a misnomer. That's the English phrase that people are familiar with. The term in the Talmud is matzah ashira, which literally means rich matzah, meaning regular matzah is just flour and water. And matzah ashira is flour and something else besides water. It could be eggs, it could be uh, wine, it could be olive oil, it could be what is normally used today, apple juice. That's matzah ashira, but we refer to it as egg matzah. And on the one day in the last 13 years that egg matzah is in the spotlight this Shabbos, on that same day, our Parsha that we read this Shabbos morning presents us with an obvious question concerning egg matzah. It's in our Parsha. Our Parsha, the Parsha Tzav this Shabbos, largely concerns itself with the mincha offerings. So we refer to that as the flour or the meal offerings. And it was a mixture that was made into a dough and then either baked, probably like a pita, or uh, 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 made crisp, like some kind of cracker. And the Torah tells us that of all of these flour offerings, baked offerings, lo chametz. They were not allowed to be chametz. So that means all year long, with two exceptions. There were two exceptions to what I'm going to tell you, but for the besides the two exceptions, all year long, the Beis Hamikdash, the Holy Temple in Jerusalem, operated on a kosher for Pesach level not specifically related to Pesach. So clearly there's something about chametz, clearly that relates to Pesach that we avoid it, but also that relates to the Beis Hamikdash separate from Pesach all year long, again, besides the two exceptions. So the Mincha offering was matzah. It's not chametz, it's matzah. And in fact, we derive in the Talmud the laws for how to bake matzah from the mincha offering in our Parsha. 
Just for example, we have a tractate in the Talmud called Psachim, which is all about Pesach. And it's amazing that nowhere in that volume will you find any rules or guidelines concerning baking matzah. You will find them in a different tractate called Masechda Menachos, the tractate about the Mincha offering, because the Mincha offering was baked as matzah, and that is where we derive the rules and the regulations of how to bake matzah, from the Mincha, not from Pesach. And yet, the Torah says, in the very beginning of our Parsha, Vizos taras ha-mincha, this is how you make the mincha offering, which remember was matzah, not chametz. And the ingredients were soles, fine flour, wheat flour, and shemen, oil, olive oil. Olive oil and flour. If you mix olive oil and flour, and you make it into a dough, and you bake it, it's basically it's like a cracker, but that's matzah ashira. That is egg matzah. It's flour plus something else other than water. In the base of English, there was no water used in the dough. It was flour and oil. So if the base of which required that there be no chametz, and the mincha offering was in fact the definition of matzah, and that was what we've come to call matzah ashira or what we call egg matzah, so then why can't we eat egg matzo on Pesach if the Kohanim in the Beis Amigdash ate egg matzah as matzah? It is a bomb question. And it has a good answer. The answer is as follows. The Talmud tells us that if you mix flour and water and you knead it constantly as you're making it into a dough, and you get it into the oven within 18 minutes of the matzah and uh, of the flour and the water touching each other, it's not chametz, it has not had a chance to begin to ferment and rise, and that is matzah. 18 minutes, but that's under specific conditions. 18 minutes where you are kneading it constantly, where the water is cold, 18 minutes. What's the length of time if it's a liquid other than water? What if it's olive oil or eggs or apple juice or anything else? The Talmud says, we're not sure. We're not sure that we know how to be careful enough to take that mixture and make it into matzah. It's possible, it is theoretically possible, but we don't think we have the skill or the ability to do it correctly on a regular basis. And therefore, because of that precaution, we do not use egg matzah on Pesach. That's the reason we are going to eat it this Shabbos, which is before Pesach. However, says the Talmud, Kohanim Zerizimheim, the Kohanim, the priests that served in the base of Megdash, that prepared this mincha offering, they were zrizim. They were extremely energetic and enthusiastic and careful and cautious in their work. They were so careful and cautious in their work that what would not be realistic for the general community to be able to do, 
They were trusted to do it right. They were trusted to make sure that it was matzah and not chametz, even though for us, we're not sure we'd be able to do it on a regular basis. In fact, this is one, only one example of a larger category of activities that were ironically permitted in the Beis Hamikdash, but prohibited to us. There are many actions that we are not allowed to do, but were permitted in the Beis Hamikdash because of this concept, Kahanim Zrizimheim. They were so careful, they were so cautious, they were so scrupulous in how they did their work, they could take chances that our sages were worried we would make a mistake about. Many, many actions are in that category. Let me give you an analogy. It's the difference between when you go to a doctor's office and when you go to an operating room. A doctor's office, a doctor is going to be careful about cleanliness, about not wanting to transmit germs. And of course, there's a certain level of care and cleanliness in a doctor's office. But an operating room, that's a whole nother level. Everything is sterile. People have to wash their hands in a very specific way before they come in. Every action is coordinated and orchestrated. There is a level of scrutiny and detail and attendance to process that is on a whole different level in the operating room than it is in just a regular doctor's office. And so that's what our sages explain. That is the difference between the Beis Amigdash and our own homes. That's why in the Beis Amigdash, they could take a mixture and be certain that it would not become chametz, it would be matzah. But outside of the Beis Amigdash, we do not trust that we have the same level of scrupulous uh, uh, tenacity and care, and we prohibit that that item to ourselves. Even if we're not able to achieve that, and that's why we do not eat egg matzah on Pesach, at least we should know from our Parsha the ideal of Zrizis, of this care and alacrity and scrupulous quality of the way the Kohanim operated in the Beis Amigdash. Just to extend the analogy, we know that our shuls, our synagogues are called Mikdash Ma'at, a miniature version of the Beis Hamikdash, of the, of the Temple in Jerusalem. To extend the analogy, I would say that our shuls, our synagogues are like a doctor's office. We try for holiness, we try for sanctity, we try to be a place to inspire people. Yes, all of those, th of those things are true, like a doctor's office. But the Beis Hamikdash, the Beis Hamikdash was on a completely different level. It was like an operating room. The drama and the orchestration and every movement and every moment was scrutinized with such care and concern. And that will be a different level of precision to which we constantly need to strive. I just want to finish with one point. Because at the same time, our zrizus, our striving with scrupulous observance and doing every detail right and making sure our performance of rituals is exactly correct, that can never 
allow us to lower our sensitivity to others and what other people are going through. The place to see Zrizus in action, not this year, but another time, if you ever have the opportunity to visit a matzah baking factory. And it's an incredible experience. I'm talking about a hand matzah baking factory. And if you go there to visit, it is so illuminating because you see that they will mix the flour and water, knead it constantly, distribute little pieces of dough to a, a table, long table with many people standing at it. Each person rolls out one piece into a matzah and it's done so quickly, so hurriedly. And in between, they do a complete cleansing. They change the paper. They sand down the rolling pins. It's just, it's, it's amazing to watch. The Briskarov, one of the great Talmudic sages, a person who was known himself for zrizus and stringency when it came to his observance of Jewish law. He once had a group of students and they were going to bake matzah. They were going to a matzah factory to bake matzah. So before they went, they said to him, Rebbe, which stringencies should we watch for? Which areas of scrupulous scrutiny should we be careful about when we go to bake the matzah that we're going to use on Pesach? And he said to them, the stringency that you should look for is make sure that the workers in the matzah bakery are paid on time and that they are treated with respect. That's the stringency you should look for when you bake matzah. That too requires zrizus, scrupulous sensitivity to making sure that others are treated fairly and with respect. My friends, I want to wish you all a great day. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.